0: Welcome to Ghouls Night Out with your hostesses, Brandy and Jody. Hello, beautiful ghouls. Welcome. This is Brandy. I'm here with my sister, Jody. Hello. So I have a riddle.
1: Oh, I don't like riddles.
0: <laughs> uh, okay, I'm tall when I'm young and I'm short when I'm old. What am I? Mm-hmm. A candle. Oh. We're learning. We're learning. (laughs) Okay. And I did a few stories of people doing exactly what they were told. Oh. Okay. To start off with. First one, I worked at a very popular pizza chain. Well, today my manager told me that instead of not answering the phone due to us not being open, I now have to answer it and put their order in as a timed order along with not telling them that it wouldn't be ready for pickup until 11. I guess he's after more sales, I don't know. Cue malicious compliance, and this morning we happened to get a lot of calls. By the time it was about 10.45, I had 10 orders in, along with that. That's when the first customer arrived. We see the issue was that the company policy and rules, we cannot unlock the doors until 11 or when we're supposed to be open. We can send deliveries out early, yet we cannot open carry out early. As you can imagine, the customer became pissed when I told them they have to wait until 11 before I can serve them due to the policy, with the cherry on top being my manager heard the commotion and decided to forego the rule. Uh, Well walks in his essential boss. He trains managers and employees mainly, in which he sees what he's doing and promptly gets in trouble as a result. After his boss talked to him for a bit, my manager pulled me aside and said, we're no longer taking orders early, nor are we allowing customers to enter the store early. Did that make sense? Yeah. Okay. So basically, he was like, take take a bunch of orders and get them ready. Uh, yeah, that's not going to work.
1: No. Yeah. That's why there are rules. Yeah.
0: And procedures. Yeah. <laughs> okay, next one. My friend who is Vietnamese gets told to speak English here in America all the damn time. It got quite annoying to him, so he eventually decided to do something about it. He looked up the Native American tribe, whose tribe was originally on the land where he lives, went to the tribe's cultural center, told an elderly grandma working there that he was tired of being told to speak English in America, and had her teach him how to say uh, white person, outsider, or non-native in the language as well as some other curse words and whatnot apparently this made that native american granny's weak because she went out all out and really taught him quite a lot ever since any time some racist tells him to speak english in america he says well why don't you speak the native american tribe language we're in the american Na- native american tribe lands The shocked Pikachu face he gets in response never gets old. (laughs) They completely freeze up for a few seconds before responding in entertaining ways such as gasping for air or pointing their finger angrily or just turning and walking away. (laughs) Eventually, the word spread among my group of friends and quite a few of them who, as immigrants or even just people who speak a second language, occasionally get told this. They're always chomping at the bit to get their chance to use this response. (laughs) (laughs) That's hilarious. That is hilarious. Next one, it was in the late 1980s in Los Angeles, California. By this time, my mom, a Japanese immigrant, had been living in the United States for 10 years. Although she could speak English well, she wasn't fluent and preferred to speak Japanese with others from the local Japanese American community. One day, she and a friend were waiting to be seated at a restaurant on Beverly Boulevard. As they chattered away in Japanese, a large shadow cast down upon them. (laughs) Looking up, they found Karen's 1989 (laughs) counterpart leering down at them. Mom couldn't remember how the woman looked except for the look of pure contempt trying to work its way across facial muscles frozen by Botox. (laughs) You too, Karen barked. This is America, speak English. Startled, my mom and her friend made eye contact, unsure of what to do. Encounters like this were, sadly, ones that they ran into many times since they came to live in the USA. They were not ones for confrontation. Before, they couldn't do anything while their bullies marched off, unpunished. But then, as they made eye contact, a brilliant thing happened. Mom likened the moment to their thought processes becoming synced together They had shared an idea that they didn't need any further elaboration or explanation. Uh, Quote, my dear, I do think the waiter ought to have some or ought to have showed up to take us to our table by now. Mom chimed in in this in the poshest British accent she could muster. It's frightfully rude to keep us waiting like this. Yes, darling, her friend (laughs) replied, invoking her best impersonation of the Princess of Wales. It is frightfully rude indeed. (laughs) As they continued to twitter away in their fake English accents, Karen Karen began to slowly back away. Her Botox face reddened and twisted itself in a visage realizing that she had just out, that she had just been outsmarted by two young women obsessed with british culture and celebrity all she could do was storm off down beverly boulevard a defeated jerk while, while there was no while there was no direct punishment it was a story that my mom would continue to retell 30 years later it always made me chuckle to myself and i hope you enjoyed it too Holy shit. I would keep doing it too. That is awesome. That is the best idea ever. It is. Oh my god, everyone should do that. Just be like, oh my goodness, darling, you are so right. (laughs) (laughs) I should totally speak English. So sorry. Oh my goodness. (laughs)
1: <laughs> oh, i wish i could I, if something like that happens to me i can't come up i with can't that. come up with something off the top of my head I know. it's always hours later i know and then you're like oh man i should have said that that's what i should have said
0: oh my god i love these people they're hilarious okay <laughs> next one <laughs> okay i 19 year old male Work as a cashier in a gas station in Miami Gardens, Florida. Naturally, the people that come into the store tend to be on the crazier side. The store had a line of maybe seven people. Now, at this point, I had the register closed sign up and was stocking the vaporizers and accessories on the shelves behind the counter. One lady comes to the front of the line ranting and raving about how the line is too long and that we shouldn't be keeping a valued regular customer waiting. I've been working there for four months, and I've never seen her. I'm fairly confident I know all the regulars. I tell her that there are other things that my manager had left for me to do before the end of closing, and that I have to get them done. She didn't seem to like that at all. Uh, She said, I demand that you open the register right now. Okay, you got it, lady. I moved the sign and then turned back to her. Do me a favor and stand a little bit to your right. Surprisingly, she complied. I'll bet with her arms crossed and what I can only assume was an angry gaze firing through her mask. Cue malicious compliance. Next customer, I yell out into the store. It dawns on her what I'm I'm doing, but the next customer shoots up in front of the counter before she can even fully process it. I go about this transaction as normal, despite the fact that this lady is yelling at me at the top of her lungs. I finish up with the other customer and turn to her. She tries to yell over me, so I raise my voice a bit to try to seem as stern as possible and tell her, just because my register is open now doesn't entitle you to skip all the other people in this line who also have lives and jobs and other responsibilities. Get back into the line and be respectful, or I have no choice but to have you removed from the store. We don't have security, but we're two blocks away from a police station, and one of the cool-ass officers who comes into the store gave me their personal number to use just in case we have any issues. The lady harumps loudly and walks just <laughs> dis- uh, uh, dejectedly to the spot in- to her spot in line. She had before she left in the amount of time it took for the rest of this, st- for the rest of the story to occur. More people had gotten in line. Uh, I said back of the line. I told her point, poignantly, <laughs> she dropped her shoulders and walked to the back of the line <laughs> like a toddler. <laughs> oh, that's great. That is great. <laughs> Fuck yes. <laughs> okay, okay next People so, just need to quit oh, being assholes. They really fucking do. It's ridiculous. And you know... I think the internet has a lot to do with that because empathy is becoming a Mm non-thing because people don't actually interact with other people anymore. So they don't have to think about their feelings. And now it's becoming... They just say whatever
1: comes comes into their mind.
0: And now it's becoming this real life thing and it's ridiculous. Mm -hmm. You know, we used to be, you know, in it with each other and now it's every man for themselves. It's ridiculous. Anyway, so this was back during the 2008 government mortgage crisis. I had great credit, great job, and multiple credit cards I used to manage the different properties I owned. A personal credit card, gas cards, etc. So one day I get a letter from a credit card company saying that they unilaterally were raising my rates from 13.99% annually to 27% annually. Wow. If I wanted to keep my card, something many people during the crisis needed to do to to survive, I had to agree to the new rate, otherwise they would close my account. I would not be able to make any more charges on the card, and I would have to continue making monthly payments at my current interest rate until the card was paid off. Of course, I had done nothing wrong credit-wise to deserve this treatment from my credit card company, almost doubling my interest rate, so I called their service line. After being on hold for over two hours,
1: oh my god!
0: I finally got to speak to a CSR, and after not getting anywhere with her, I had to hold for another 30 minutes to talk to her supervisor. I was basically told very rudely that I could either accept the new rate or choose to close my account. Uh, those were my only two options. Incensed, I said, fine, close it, and they did. What they didn't know was that a week prior, I had transferred all my balances from all my other credit cards over $22,000 to their card without paying a transfer fee and at a promotional rate of 1.9% for one year. But because of the law at the time, they could only charge me at a rate of 1.9% until the loan was paid. Ah, Here's the malicious compliance. So here I am, 13 years later, paying the absolute minimum payment. (laughs) I am required to make each month never missing a payment and never paying late. Otherwise, their default rate of 27% would kick in. Since the inflation rate during these years has been well over the 1.9% interest I pay, it's like free money. I paid off every other creditor I had with the money I saved, and I don't even use the credit cards anymore I've been able to save enough money to live on a cash-only basis. They've tried multiple times to get me to reactivate the card or to transfer the balance to another super-duper account with lots of benefits for me, like paying a much higher interest rate, without (laughs) success. The only thing I lament is that all good things must come to an end as my balance is now down to $1,000 or less, but at least it will last another couple of years. P.S. Young folks, I lucked out. I would have been up a creek otherwise. If you don't have credit card debt, now avoid it like the plague. It's okay to get a card. You need it for many things in today's world. Just pay it off every Mm. month. Yep. Every month. Yep. That's great, though. Yeah. Fuck yes. That's so awesome. Okay, next one. Between 8 and 10 years ago, I received an email welcoming me to Netflix. That was a bit concerning since I hadn't signed up, so I contacted the company. They told me someone must have accidentally used my email when they created an account. Our last names were the same and our first initial. I said, oh, no problem. You must have, an additional, con- you must have additional contact information for them besides my email. Could you please remove my email from the account and let them know so they can fix it. Well, immediately that's a big problem for Netflix, and well, no, they couldn't remove the email because it was only the only one they had for the account, and how did they even know that it was mine? I said, give, give me your email address and start talking. I will email you the words as they come out of your mouth. That wasn't enough for proof somehow. More likely, I was in the other person's Gmail account asking to not have Netflix. That was a question. So it didn't make sense. Mm -hmm. Okay. So what they finally ended up doing was changing the account password so that when the customer went to log back in, they wouldn't be able to and would need to do a password reset by calling Netflix, and then they would confirm the email address. I kept getting Netflix emails, so that didn't work. I called again, same again, didn't work. I changed the password several times myself because I could use... I could use the forget password function and get an email to reset it. That didn't work. I don't know how they kept getting the new password without updating an email address, and I didn't really care at this point. For the last 8 to 10 years, I've had Netflix on everything I own. I've signed in on hotel televisions, used it on my phone, Xboxes. My kid uses it. I only ever signed in under family and told him to do the same. The entire history is in, in family is us. The other logins, Fred, Softie, and Lila accumulated history. I would occasionally look because curious. Never did a single new show appear in the family watch history. That wasn't because of me. When I woke up this morning, an email from Netflix telling me that this email address was no longer associated with that account and if I had any questions, etc., Thank you, Softy. It's been an amazing run, and I'm not sure why you gave me free Netflix for the last decade, but I think you are amazing. (laughs) I hope that made sense to you, because I was just reading words. It did. Okay. It did. It was very convoluted and, like, weird. I don't know. I didn't read these, by the way. (laughs) I can tell. Okay. (laughs) Next one. So I was working for a small private ambulance company that ended up getting bought out by a larger corporation. To folks that have done this kind of work, no, it wasn't the company you're thinking of, but this new corporation wanted to be just like them. So corporate sends out a direct directive that all e- employees must check their work email at least once every 24 hours, no exceptions. Now, I'm only a lowly part-timer, so it would occasionally be weeks in between my shifts. The fun part is I usually played field supervisor on my shifts I did work. So in order to be in compliance with the corporate directive, I set my work email to update every day at the same time on my phone. (laughs) I would then log log my 15 minutes of email checking on my paycheck so I would also be in compliance with state and federal payroll laws. I also made sure to inform as many employees to do the same. Didn't check your email while, while you were on shift because you were too busy trying to figure out what made grandma's ambulance ride to the doctor medically necessary. That's okay, just check it when you get home. Make sure you put it in your timesheet though. It took a couple of pay cycles but eventually I get a call on my day off asking why I'm logging 1.75 hours on weeks I didn't even work. I explained that I was just following their corporate directive. I was told at that point that I no longer was able to log in these hours. I told them to give me that in writing, so that goes against labor laws. Needless to say, the directive to check email every day got revoked. (laughs) Oh, but did I put down 30 minutes on my timesheet for the call as it took 22 minutes? (laughs) 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 That's great. Yes. Like, fuck them. I mean, yeah. Yeah, work for free. Mm -hmm. No. Nope.
1: Not happening.
0: Okay, next one, when I was doing my articles at a small law firm internship to be admitted as an attorney, I was the go-to person for everything at the office, setting up computers, buying stationery, paying bills, going to court, seeing clients, etc. After being admitted as an attorney, I continued doing all this stuff because the secretary only did about 20% of what a secretary would usually do and refused to do anything else. My boss does some shady business doesn't pay taxes, etc. So he couldn't just fire her for fear of her ratting him out. So he also never disciplined her. We are not in the U.S. Since we worked from my, boss, my boss's mother's house, the secretary also spent about 50% of her day chatting uh, to his mother, and they became fast friends. Guess who always is the evil one that everyone ganged up on? Yours truly. I was made out to be incompetent at in my job and used to cry a lot and almost become, became an alcoholic from work stress. One day, the secretary got really upset with me after I asked her to buy stationery since we didn't even have staples and after a heated argument told me that I'm not the office manager and should stop lording it about as if I was. Bear in mind, I was her senior both as an attorney and in number of years worked at the firm. My boss did nothing and rather got rather upset with me, and so did his mother. I decided there and then that I'm done doing both secretary work and my attorney work because I was working roughly 50 to 60 hours per week. Standard is 40. Trying to get everything done without receiving overpay. The employment rate in my country is around 30%, and in the legal field, supply of lawyers demand, exceeds demand. She knew this and my boss knew this, but no one cared that I was basically working myself into an early grave. Cue malicious compliance. (laughs) If everyone agrees that I am not the office manager, then I will stop managing the flow of the office and only do my attorney work. I stopped paying the bills, buying the stationery, reminding my boss of important meetings, etc. Within two weeks, the electricity was cut off. (laughs) For ten days... Because it wasn't paid and my boss's elderly mother and the rest of his family had no electricity. We could also not work for those 10 days. Once the electricity went on, the phone lines were cut because of non-payment. We could again not work. or The post piled up. There was no stationery. We couldn't do service of core documents because our service providers cut us off. It went on for weeks. I simply worked around the issues and sorted my life out. One example... When the Wi Fi was off, I used my cell phone to hotspot hot my laptop without telling anyone. In the end, my boss and his mother begged me to do what I used to do, but I refused. Since I was focusing more on my actual work, my fees increased and my pay increased as well. Shortly thereafter, I moved away from that office to do our secondary office and worked alongside a lovely colleague, or lovely colleagues who all did what they got paid to do. I have been at the new office, same firm, just different location for the last two years.
1: Uh-huh. That's
0: so great. Yep. Next one. Uh, this happened to me about eight years back. It was the summer before my senior year in high school, and my best friend at the time invited me to come stay with her and her dad's family in Florida for two weeks. Much to my chagrin, on a beach vacation no less, I got my period. Mm, of course. I, yeah. I had brought supplies with me just in case and disposed of them wrapped up in toilet paper in the lidded garbage can in the shared bathroom we were using, as one does. On the third day of the trip, her dad approached me to say that my friend's stepbrother, who lived with them, had seen my period products in the bathroom garbage. Uh, like, were you digging around in there, weirdo?
1: Mm Mm-hmm.
0: And was disgusted by it. Fuck off. (sighs) He asked me not to throw them out there so his son wouldn't have to see that. Again, a lot harder to see that see than to avoid, in my opinion, but I digress. I asked him where he suggested I dispose of my disgusting products then to avoid upsetting his son. I thought it was kind of ridiculous since this is a natural body process I can't control, but wanted to do what I could since I was a guest there. Oh, my God. Uh, But this man goes, just hold it in until we go out to dinner or something and throw it in a public rest restroom. Fuck you, dude. Uh, Sir, you have a daughter. How can you not know that that's not how things work? When I asked him what I should do, if that wasn't an option, he said, then just flush it so he doesn't have to see it.
1: Oh, my God. Fucking moron. Q
0: Q malicious compliance. Yes, sir. Instead of wrapping up my used tampon in some toilet paper and tucking it into the trash can uh, that has a goddamn lid, I will flush it down the toilet instead. Uh, First one went down just fine. Second time, it went down with a gurgle. But the (laughs) third one made the toilet back up and overflow. I'll always remember the sight of my friend's dad pumping that toilet only for a partially dissolved bloody tampon to float up to the (laughs) surface of the bowl. I went back to putting them in the trash, and he didn't say another word. Aw, I bet he didn't. What a fucking moron.
1: Who does Does that? Does he
0: have, like, how does he have kids? Does he not know how women work at all? Hold it in? Are you fucking, like, seriously? If only. Yeah, no shit. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) Oh, my God. Okay, next one. I worked graveyards in a large furniture warehouse preparing furniture for... driver's next day deliveries. Each prepper was responsible for prepping two bays for delivery. To prep the furniture, we would unbox all furniture, put feet on couches, hardware on dressers, built dining room chairs, and made repairs. The culture was, was to prep your bay, and when you finished, you helped the next bay and snowballed until everyone was finished, and then you could hop on a cherry picker get the last-minute additions or replace damaged furniture. This place decided to implement a production standard. You were given an allotted amount for each action down to the nut and bolt. If you added up your allotted time and you finished early, you got a $0.10 cent an hour bonus <laughs> equally, <What? laughs> e- no, no, equaling $0.80 cents a day. Oh, my God. Also, this was to prevent you from helping other bays as you weren't allotted as you weren't allotted time for others' work. Cue malicious compliance. I was efficient and didn't waste any movements. I would blast through my bay, add up all the allotted time, and saw that I finished two hours earlier than I was allotted. Rather than turn in my sheet and get 80 cents extra for the day, I sat on a comfy couch at the end of my bay and did nothing until my allotted time was up. I remember when the manager drove by and said, We need you to go help. Blank and get damages. I looked at my watch, then at my beautifully prepped bay, and said, "I'm still prepping my bay." <laughs> Put my headphones in and leaned back while they looked <laughs> completely shocked. There was nothing they could do as I was still on the clock for my bay. I saw it more beneficial to get paid for two hours of doing nothing than eighty cents to work my ass off. Wow, that's fucking unreal.
1: Ridiculous.
0: Okay, and this is my last one, and it is hilarious. Years ago, I worked at a busy corporate sit-down burger restaurant. One day, I'm hustling through the lunch rush, and I have six college guys sit down. One guy flags me over and loudly pronounces that they're ready to order right away. What do you guys have? I asked, guys, the same guy says with a smirk on his face, guys. That doesn't sound like very professional greeting to me. I work at a restaurant, too, and if I walked up to a table and asked, what are you guys having, my manager would definitely let me know that was inappropriate. The other guys at the table looked kind of uncomfortable at the exchange and just sat silently. The main guy looks around at all of them and keeps going. Why don't you come up to us again and do it right? At this point, I'm looking around at my massive section of tables and getting the distinct feeling I'm going to be at this table forever. I'm trying not to lose my cool, so I smile. Sure, I say. I take several steps back and walk up again. Gentlemen, how are you doing? Ready to order? The guy smirks and nods. I look directly at him. How about you, chief? What are you having today? Some of the other guys laugh. He looks angrily at me, but orders his burger and drink. I get everyone's order and hustle off. I return with drinks a little while later. I set everyone's drink down and go to the main guy last. Here you go, boss. I leave before he can say anything. Uh, Through the course of their meal, I call him a different nickname every time. Need a refill, pal? How's your burger, burger, buddy? Need more ketchup, bro? Can I get that plate out of your way, dude? Any dessert for you, amigo? Need me to split the check, brother? Make sure to leave one signed copy, muchacho. So by this time, this guy was boiling. His friends are loving it, though. As time goes on, the rest of them keep looking at me expectantly. What nickname next? Finally, they all get up to leave. Lunch rush has ended, and I'm chilling at this point. I casually walk up to them. Thank you, gentlemen, for coming in. The rest of the group is smiling. I look at the main guy. And you, you have a fantastic day, Haas. <laughs> the rest of the guys cheer. They all head out. I grab their receipts on the table. Surprise, surprise, the guy left me zero for a tip. <laughs> I didn't care, it was worth it. <laughs> See, i would not
1: i would get pissed i know and then you'd let that control you I and know. then you,
0: yeah oh man i wish i had that ability i know me
1: too. <laughs> all right i did people describe their paranormal experiences involving animals all right and if i've done this before or if you've done this before oh well oh well okay okay <laughs> Was drinking at the beach with family and a few locals. I saw a big black dog walking and looking at us, and I joked, "Wow, that dog is big. What do you feed it?" Apparently, I was the only one who could see it because they all looked at me, looked around, and then back at me and asked what the hell I was talking about. What? The locals told me not to look at it so I wouldn't so it wouldn't follow me home. Oh my god. Ooh. Creepy. My grandma had a Welsh Corgi who lived to be 19. The week after they put him down, the next door neighbor came over and was surprised that that the dog, who was very protective, didn't bark when he knocked on the door. Mm-hmm. My, grandma, my grandpa told him that they had put the dog to sleep a week ago. The neighbor got really serious and said, no way. I've seen him every day standing (gasps) under the big tree in your front yard. Oh, my God. We took this as a sign that he was still near us. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. One time I was hiking in southern Utah along a sandstone ridge, and I saw a pair of coyotes trotting along an adjacent ridge maybe a 100 yards away. This could have been a trick of light, a confusing perspective, or me being tired but I swear one of those guys suddenly stood up on his hind legs, looked around, and sauntered down the opposite <laughs> side of the ridge and out of sight, like a guy going for an evening walk. What? I just stood there for a few minutes thinking that was the weirdest fucking thing I've ever seen. <laughs> what is the deal with I know canids? Canid-like things. Well, it's been-
0: Standing up. It's been other things, too. We've heard cats do it. Uh, deer. Yeah, it's been more than just canines. It's f- fucking weird. It is weird. Oh my gosh, I would die if that happened. I don't to me. know what I would do. I mean, part of me thinks it's hilarious. I know, but, but that is that's so- not
1: natural. Exactly, and, not that's, natural.
0: and that's and uh, that's that's what would make me scared. Yeah, you know,
1: it would. <laughs> I mean, what the fuck? <laughs> I can't. When my grandfather passed away, we sat on his front porch that night and three great horned owls flew over our heads. My mom busted out crying, saying that when her sister passed, a great horned owl full, flew over like that, and when my grandmother passed, two owls flew over. Oh. I'm very curious if when my mother passes, the same will happen for me. Huh. It's nice. Interesting. When I was 13, one of my best friends was hit by a car and perished instantly. I was a wreck and was grappling with the meaning of life and why the creator, if they did exist, would take away someone so young. I searched online for any answers and came across a suggestion to write the deceased a letter and burn it. In my letter, I asked for a sign to let me know if she was okay. Almost immediately after the paper finished burning, I heard a blood-curdling cry outside from what sounded like a young girl. It was late at night, but much to my surprise, none of the other neighbors had awoken to the sound or turned their lights on. My brother heard it, too, and opened the front door. He told me he saw a large black figure, like a huge bear, bolt across our front yard. It scared him so badly that he frantically shut the door. This was in the suburbs, far from any large creature, so it never made sense. I feel like I got an answer, but it wasn't the one I was hoping for. Oh, my gosh. That was Bigfoot. That's weird. Yeah. <laughs> One morning, my girlfriend and I were laying in in her bed on a cold morning. We didn't have work or school that day because it had snowed. She lived out in the middle of nowhere, like no neighbor for a mile anywhere. Well, I hear someone right outside the window say, get down, they're going to be able to see you if you don't get down. So, of course, this startled me, and I turned around and see a guy and three dogs right outside walking toward the garage door. So I grab my piece and go to the and go to meet them at the door and find out why they were there. So in those 10 seconds, I get outside and no one was there. Right outside our window, there were shoe prints and paw prints in the fresh snow. I tracked them down the back of the property, and after about 100 yards or so, there were only paw prints. I looked over to my left 10 to 15 yards, And there were very similar paw prints that looked like they had come from the forest towards the house. So I tracked those up to the house. And then shoe prints appeared about 25 yards from the house. So I followed them to see if maybe they had gone out the front of the property, but there was none. To this day, I'm not really sure what happened or what was outside our window. What? That's creepy. It's like shapeshifters.
0: Something. Where did the shoes come from? Yeah. I have no idea. Oh my, what? What? That is insane. That, I can't. That is not true. Either that or teleporting. (laughs) Something.
1: (laughs) Oh my gosh. When I was a teenager, I went to a two-day music festival, and while I was gone, my mother decided that it was a great time to have the dog I'd had my whole life put down. She was really old, and I knew it was coming, but I wanted to be with her. So needless to say, I was heartbroken, couldn't stop crying, and as I'm laying on my bed, I feel this big womp, just like when she decided it was bedtime. I could feel her curled up against my back, all warm, and I heard that huff she'd make when she'd get comfy. I put my hand behind me, and I could feel her fur, and I calmed down and fell asleep. When I woke up, my dog was gone, but there was a big warm dent in the covers like she'd just left. Is that it? Oh, mm-hmm. oh, that's sad. Yeah. Our black Chow, Padfield, was hit by a car just before Halloween. Halloween night, I was listening to a podcast of spooky stories before walking downhill to my studio in the dark. The wind was blowing and clouds were skimming across the moon, and the trees were tossing wildly. I got spooked since we lived way out in the country, plus Halloween, plus spooky stories. <laughs> I actually felt and then saw Padfield come out of the moving shadows from the place he usually slept, and he walked me to my studio door. I told him thank you, then went inside and told my husband that our dog had just walked with me down the hill. He said, sounds like he was making sure you were okay. We missed that sweet dog. He was a good boy. (laughs) (laughs) I used to live up in New Hampshire and for a brief period of time was having semi-frequent encounters with shadow people. At the time, I had a job where I wouldn't leave work until about 1 a.m., and I lived in a densely wooded area. For a while, it was bad enough that when I got home at night, I'd be scared to get out of my car and walk to my front door. Then one night, I was driving home, and as I came around a bend, I looked up, and at the edge of the tree line, looked right down at me, was a giant silver stag. When I say silver, I mean it. Not gray, not white, and it even shimmered ever so slightly. He was massive and beautiful, and I immediately felt very calm and safe. I closed my eyes for a split second because I knew what I was looking at couldn't be real, and when I looked back, he was gone. I never saw another shadow person after seeing the silver stag and feeling that calmness come over me. Sometimes I wonder if he was some sort of guardian. Interesting. Mm -hmm. I've had a few strange animal-related experiences, but one that stands out for me was an encounter I had while staying at an inn. The innkeeper made no mention of any pets upon my arrival. Usually innkeepers will warn you if a pet might be wandering into your room. But in the middle of the night, I was awoken by the sensation of a dog licking my hand. I slept with my hand dangling over the edge of the bed. First mistake. Yeah. I opened my eyes to see a long-haired black dog standing right beside the bed. I love dogs, so it was quite heartwarming to me, although unexpected, and I reached my hand further out to pet him. My hand passed right through his face, as if he was nothing more than an apparition. The figure quickly faded out completely, and this startled me out of bed. I proceeded to walk around the room in utter confusion, unable to figure out what happened. I chalked it up to hypnopompic hallucination until the next morning. Did
0: I say that right? I have no idea.
1: (laughs) When I mentioned the incident over breakfast and was told that numerous guests have had the same encounter with a long-haired black dog in the night. It was so common that the owners had given him a name, Padfoot, and the guest book that I signed before leaving bore repeated references to Padfoot from previous guests. The owners had no history of owning a black dog, so they had no ready explanation for his presence.
0: Oh, sounds sweet. Mm-hmm.
1: A couple of years ago, I slept over at my sister's house in my baby niece's bedroom. At 2.38 a.m., I was woken up by a small dog getting into bed with me and settling itself down to sleep. I reached out to touch it. It was really comforting. But then I realized my sister's dog was downstairs and definitely not little. I reached for the dog again, but it had vanished. Sister told me my niece woke up every night at about 3 a.m., and I've always wondered if it was because of the little dog. The feeling of it being there was so lovely, I spent the rest of my visit hoping it would come back. Weird. hmm My cousin was living in a newer apartment and had been having some issues, several occurrences of her toddler talking to someone who wasn't there, and fighting with them, her waking up with marks and scratches, etc. She went to work when all of this was going on, and at the time, she and my mom worked together in a government building on night shift, and the parking lot had cameras, That the employees had access to. They watched a large black figure that looked vaguely dog like but had no definition, just a black silhouette, basically creep around the parking lot by my cousin's car. This happened twice. The second night they saw it, she went back home and stopped having problems. My mom and I live out in the middle of the woods in a rural area with my grandparents a quarter of a mile down the road or you could travel through the woods the back way about half a mile and get to their house from ours. You couldn't take a vehicle back there besides ATVs. Every time after that day when they saw the figure, I saw it in those woods. It would chase alongside me if I was on an ATV and I knew the absolute cert—I knew with absolute certainty that it, if it ever caught me, I wouldn't survive. I don't know why it was trapped in those woods or why it followed my mom home, But it was one of the most horrifying things in my childhood. And before you say I imagined it because my mom told me about it, I told her about seeing the figure in the woods before she mentioned seeing it on camera. Hmm. I had five other people with me at the time it happened. We were camping in southern Ohio at a private campground. It was about 11 p.m. and we were walking to a pool that was at the front of the site. All of a sudden it looked like... A large black cat about the size of a mountain lion was crossing the road about 60 yards in front of us. As it gets about halfway across the road, it stands up and walks like a person into the woods. What the fuck? We were all about 16 years old and we freaked out, but being teenagers, we wanted to see if we could spot it. So we all ran toward the spot with flashlights, never going into the woods. We never saw anything again and I'd never seen anything like that before. My family has been going to the same place for over 40 years and has never experienced anything of the sort.
0: There are so many like that, too. It's so weird. <laughs> what is that? I
1: don't know. And why haven't I seen it? <laughs> don't get any ideas, Odin. Oh, my gosh. Your cat just, like, walked away from you one time. <laughs> what did that other cat say? Well, good morning. Oh, oh was yeah. that the goat? It was
0: a goat or a sheep or something uh-huh. he's like
1: well good morning and then Steamed he's like up and oh walks
0: yeah away. <laughs> <laughs> <That's> crazy
1: <laughs> my cat used to run down the hallway at top speed and jump onto the bed every night when i would tell him it was bedtime oh. the day after he passed i turned the kitchen lights off and told the dog it was bedtime then heard the cat's collar bell and footsteps run down the hall it happened a few more times and then stopped for years about two years ago, when the dog got sick, it started happening again, every once in a while at first, and then every night for the week leading up to the day the dog passed. Mm-hmm. Two nights later, I heard the bell and the sound of the dog walking across the hardwood together, then nothing ever again. I feel like he came back for his brother, and then they left together. I miss my boys a ton, but I feel better knowing they're still together. Oh, they worry He got his friend. That's so sweet. I know. I was driving down a highway late one night and saw a tannish fog approximately the size of a deer run across the road in sort of a bouncing motion. I would have thought that I was seeing things, but there was one car in front of me, and they hit their brakes so, they, so that they wouldn't run into it. It was very strange, but I just thought, huh, a deer ghost, and continued on my <laughs> way home. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> When I was living in western New South Wales, I was out exploring the area when I saw a kangaroo with unusual markings. It had a white face. A while later, I mentioned what I'd seen at the local pub and everyone got quiet, then quickly changed the subject. I found out later what I described was considered a bad omen in the local dream time. And I totally believe it. (laughs) In the local dream time? I have no idea. It gets a little odder. It wasn't a total, totally white face. It was like a white skull marking. It still had color on the ears, around the eyes, mouth, etc. At the time, we were years into a bad drought, and it wasn't uncommon to find native animal carcasses in deep, in deep mud, presumably after attempting to access water. For some reason, when I saw the rue, I had a mental picture of its face planting into some mud which had been dried, leaving the unusual markings. In a split second, it makes sense, but when I sat and thought about it, I knew that it wasn't mud, but actual markings.
0: Weird. That's I a can't... really funny
1: visual, though. A yeah. kangaroo face planting in some mud. <laughs> <laughs> My buddy and I were driving home around 9 p.m. in South Carolina. Clear night, so nothing was obscuring our sight. Out of the corner of my eye, I see a large animal on all fours, skinless, almost canine-like, that pounced on a neighborhood cat and disappeared as quickly as he came. I continue driving and don't say a word because I didn't believe what I saw. After a few minutes, my friend says, did you see that? (laughs) We still talk about it because there is talk in the southeast of a skinless creature that, for lack of a better word, is a cryptid. Also, there are no wolves or coyotes in our neck of the woods. Okay, what a skinless creature? A large animal on all fours, skinless, almost canine like. What the fuck? I don't know. In college, my roommate and I were walking around town at like 2 a.m., not drinking, just weird kids, and we passed a deceased cat in the gutter. It was a calico. Big brown spot on one side and an orange one on its face. Rigor mortis had set in and there was a kind of greasy smear coming from under the head. We guessed it had been smashed by a car. Mm. We walk down to a park, wander around, and come back the same way. A car passes us and in its headlights we see a calico cat crossing the road away from us. We get back to the spot where the cat was and it was gone. Same storefront, same streetlight, same greasy smear in the gutter, no cat. Over the rest of the semester, that cat showed up all over the place. It chased my roommate and his friend down the street one night on the far side of town from where we saw it. Uh, We had a a note once from our RA that she wanted to see us. We knocked on her door and without a word, she walked us to our room, opened the door, took one look, it was a shithole, (laughs) <laughs> and said, "Oh wow, there's no way you're keeping a cat in here." Sorry. Rumi and I look at each other. RA says, "One of the grounds people said that they saw a cat in your window." We asked if they if they said what it looked like. White with brown and orange spots. Weird. Yeah. My daughter asked me to t- today if I'd ever seen a ghost. I told her about the time when I was 13 and I saw my grandparents' cat float down the stairs oh. as if by as if Some unseen entity was carrying it. She's seven, so when she said she couldn't sleep because I had scared her, I told her it was a story I like to tell, but I swear I saw it. That's so weird. Floating down the stairs? Yeah. (laughs) This is my last one. I've seen what looked like a bat fly past my head while looking in a mirror. I've seen black cat shapes move into rooms or through a doorway multiple times. I have cats and have had others before, but always black and white, whereas these ones would be just pure black. When I've investigated, there's no cat, just an empty room or hallway. While staying with a girlfriend, like 11 years ago now, we were sleeping apart. Parents didn't trust us, of course. I slept in the living room on a pull-out bed. It was the middle of summer. I have hay fever and there's a window open, so I'm in and out of sleep a lot that night and using my inhaler to counter the wheezy chest. One time I wake up and there's a black cat sitting on my chest, so I stroke it. It reciprocates, then moves to a nearby armchair and beds down for the night. I had met one cat earlier and I knew she had two cats and that the second hid from strangers, so I took this as a compliment. I could, It could tell I'm a cat person. Next day, I'm introduced to the second cat. It's not black. It's white and ginger mixed. I explained my midnight visit to the girlfriend, and she's kind of surprised, but it's not the first time she's had someone tell her something similar. Her old cat was black, but had passed years ago. So crazy. hmm
0: Okay, this week, I did a few stories about people who swear that they encountered people that were not human. Okay. The first one... I encountered an entire family that I suspected was not fully human. My family and I were at a soup plantation, a buffet restaurant, sitting and enjoying our meal. From the corner of my eye, I saw a kid go by that I could swear was green. I mean, olive skin as in green olives. I assumed it was some sort of trick of the eye until another one walked by. This time I really looked. Sure enough, the kid was green. Now, when I say green, I mean they had a skin tone like you see sometimes on people who are gravely ill. You know how sometimes we say that someone who has food poisoning or alcohol poisoning is green about the gills? That kind of green, only more intense. They were not wearing makeup or doing a Halloween thing. How do I know? I turned my head to see which way the kids had gone, and I saw a table with a mother and three kids. All four were green. The most striking thing about them, though, was that every last one of them had a slight enlargement on the top of the head and a somewhat pointed chin. They also, every one of them, had large, sort of slanted and bulging eyes. I'm not even kidding you, not cartoon-like, but just enough to stand out. The father was a regular white guy. They were all eating and chatting and laughing like an average middle-class American family, Now here's the icing on the cake. I whispered to my husband to take a look at the family behind and over my right shoulder. He was sitting across from me so I could do this without attracting attention. He looked at me and asked what he was supposed to be seeing. They're green, I whispered. Cut me a break. I have Asperger's and no social skills. (laughs) What are you talking about? No, they're not, he scoffed. My kids, being the unsubtle creatures they are, all turned around craned their necks to see... (laughs) Only one of them saw what I saw. I discreetly checked out the other restaurant patrons, and no one was staring or whispering about the green family. Apparently no one saw it but me and one of my kids. So then I started doubting myself. Surely I could not be in a crowded restaurant full of people who are so involved that they would all completely ignore a green alien family in their midst. I must be seeing things. I concentrated on my dinner and didn't pay any more attention to the green family. But when they got up to leave, I had to take one more look. Yep, they were green, all right. <laughs> they looked like human-alien hybrids to me. But I kept quiet. My youngest, however, stared openly at them and stage whispered, Mommy, why are they green? <laughs> what the fuck? I don't know. I love that she's like, The dad was just a white dude. (laughs) Okay, next one. When I was 12, it was also the first time I was allowed to babysit myself. He was also the creepiest person I've ever met. Okay, this one is so fucking weird. I don't understand. He showed up to my front door looking like an upper middle class salesman grandfather figure with a nice gold watch. He immediately asked me if I could show him the furniture in my basement. Oops. Um, what? He didn't ask for my parents, but me. I asked him if he wanted to talk to my parents. This guy was screaming stranger danger, and I made a show off of yelling up to my parents' bedroom, but he insisted that I show him. I can't express how icy that, that insistence was. I think it was made I think what made it worse was that he looked at me like, what idiot do you take me for? I know your parents aren't home. I slammed the door in his face and locked it. I went around to the house and locked every single door to the outside and went to hug my grandmother's dog. I was also dog sitting. I was absolutely terrified and shaking. Within a minute, the dog lifted her head up toward my parents' bedroom and a second later, there's a heavy thud like someone had knocked over the rocking chair. I took the dog and bolted the hell out of there and into the middle of our yard since it was noonish and everyone was doing y- y- lawn work. I made sure I was, I was in plain sight of our neighbors and had a good distance from the back door. I look up and saw the man in my parents' bedroom looking down at me. Ooh. I think I fainted because I honestly don't remember anything after that for hours. I was in shock at least because there was no way in hell he should have been able to get there without breaking through a window or door. He didn't. The only sign he'd even been there was a knocked over chair. What made him even more terrifying was that he went to every single house under different aliases and get this different outfits complete with props. One, he was a clown. One, a doctor in with a full medical kit. And another rabbi with a full... Th- Thing with the full thing going on. This guy didn't even have a car that I saw, so where the heck was he getting all these outfits and stuff? Mind you, this was all in one afternoon. No one recalled him having a car, and no one could figure out how he was changing into these different outfits. He must have had at least five outfits, and the props would have required a big vehicle to hold all of them. He was also definitely not a neighbor. Edit. As insane as this may sound, part of me really wishes I could meet this guy again to figure out what's going on with him. The feat of getting into our house shouldn't have been possible, given the parameters, but he did it. If he was younger and a highly trained spy, I could see it, but he was older, in his 60s or even early 70s. My house was also the only one he broke into, and I would like to know why. Just, it was, was it just to show me that he could... That I was powerless compared to him? It baffles me since his expression looked like one of plain curiosity trying to be indifferent. It was an event that changed my perspective on the world, and honestly, if it hadn't been for my neighbors also seeing him, I would have chalked it up to being my imagination playing tricks on me. Weirdest guy ever, but honestly also my inspiration for wanting to find out everything about the weird and possibly paranormal.
1: That's weird. Yeah.
0: What is that? Okay, next one. I spent a long time working in the field of mental health, and my job took me to a lot of different places, including secure facilities. Within these places are kept some very disturbed and possibly dangerous people. There was one man that I met who I'll never forget, who had killed another man some years ago. He had been in the system for many years and was being released back into the community on something called a SEC... 3741, which basically means that the home office will be keeping very close tabs on him, probably for the rest of his life. One misstep, and he would be locked away again. I was there to interview him to see if he was suitable for our facilities, to see what support he needed. I was aware that the murder was particularly brutal. I cannot go into detail as it was widely reported, so for the sake of his anonymity, it must stay a secret. The first thing I noticed was his eyes. People talk about cold, dead eyes, and that was what I saw when I first spoke to him. No flicker of emotion, just cold and calculating intelligence. They were doll's eyes. He rarely seemed to blink, and there was a strange overall stillness to him. There was absolutely no wasted movement. He sat relaxed and perfectly still, his eyes boring into me. As we spoke, he was polite, friendly even, but that was the second thing about him. When he smiled, he only smiled with his mouth. There was no genuine humor there. His eyes didn't crinkle at the corners. There was a mechanical quality to it. It was as if he said to himself, this is the point in the conversation where I should smile. And he moved his mouth into the shape of a smile. It's hard to explain, but it was as if it was merely a trick he had learned, like a parrot speaking or a dog shaking its owner's hand. I spoke with him for an hour and, and assisted him in filling out an application form and left. I almost ran out of the hospital. Physiologically, he was like any other man. Psychologically, though, he was very different. I'm not saying he was an alien or possessed or some kind of robot. No, I wouldn't even say he was evil. He was just so completely abnormal that mentally he was barely human. Being in his presence was deeply uncomfortable and felt dangerous. There are monsters out there, and there are people just like us outwardly. They learn to mimic us and hide in plain sight, so you would never know what they were just by looking at them, as they are as alien to us as an actual alien from outer space. Hmm. Isn't that scary? That's, yes, it is. It could be anybody. Okay, next one. This is actually a story from my grandmother's childhood that she told me. She was born in 1949. My grandmother grew up in a large family, seven children plus parents, so nine people altogether. One day my grandmother and her siblings were playing outside when she saw an elderly couple standing beside the road with some luggage and they ran inside to tell their parents, my great-grandparents. My great-grandmother invited them inside to wash up and told them that they could stay the night. They took a bath in in my great-grandparents' house, spent the night, and ate breakfast with them the next morning. Keep in mind, my great-grandmother already had nine people to cook for. My grandmother told me the elderly couple were very polite and kind in every way. A little while on after breakfast, it was time for the couple to be on their way. They gathered their things, and the elderly lady told my great-grandmother, thank you for your kindness. It will be rewarded, with a mysterious smile on her face. The couple went out and again stood by the road, while my grandmother and her siblings watched. They turned their backs for no longer than two seconds, and when they turned back around, the couple was gone, like they had disappeared. My grandmother saw no car come pick them up, and there was nowhere else they could have gone. My great-grandmother later told her husband, I don't know what got into me. I know it wasn't safe to allow strangers in your home, but something told me to invite them in. My grandmother's personal belief, she believes that the elderly couple were angels who had come to test their hospitality, like the story of Abraham in the Bible, whereas my grandmother calls them, angels unaware. And I can't help but agree. To this day, it's a mystery of who the couple were and where they had come from. You never know. <laughs> Next one. I'm going anonymous on this because the story did not happen to me, but to close friends of mine. They are a lovely family, husband, wife, and son. They had been on a road trip to the U.S. and on the way back home, realized that they were about to run out of gas. They were crossing the downtown part of a fairly large American city, so they just got off the highway and stopped at the first gas station they could see. It looked like a dangerous part of town, but hey, they needed gas. The husband got out to pump the gas while his wife and son remained in the car. There were a couple of parked cars with some dudes hanging out around them on the gas station property. The wife noticed a slow-moving car driving by and perhaps through mother's intuition got instantly nervous. She saw her husband walk up to the cashier and start paying. Meanwhile, her dread kept increasing. Suddenly, and this is how my friend told me the story, a long white car appeared out of nowhere and stopped right beside them. A tall woman dressed in white got out of the car, signaled to my friend to roll down her window and told her, go now, you shouldn't be here. Got back in her car and drove off. Instantly, my friend's husband ran to the car and said, I saw her too, and peeled out of there. I would have loved to tell you that they found out the next day that some shooting had occurred, but no. These friends of mine, not religious at all, and as grounded as they come, always end the story by expressing that they feel that they were saved by an angel They just don't know what they were saved from. That's weird. I know. Okay, next one. When I was about 23 years old, I was living in Waterford, Connecticut as a newlywed. The local laundromat was around the corner from the tiny house we were renting. One late afternoon, I was there doing the laundry, and I was the only person in the place, or so I thought. I remember taking some laundry out of the washer and stuffing it into the nearest dryer when I caught an old lady with bright blue eyes and gray hair in very old clothes out of the corner of my eye. She was sitting on the other side of the laundromat. I walked over and said hello to her, or I told her I was walking over to the McDonald's next door to get a cheeseburger and asked her if she would keep an eye on my laundry for me. She just nodded and smiled. When I came back, she was sitting there quietly knitting and humming to herself. I assumed she had laundry in one of the washers, and I just hadn't seen her when she brought it in. I had brought back a cheeseburger and coffee for her in case she was hungry, and she took it and thanked me. She, think, she asked me my name, and then she smiled and said, you're going to be blessed with a beautiful life. I thanked her for the kind words, and then the timer went off on my dryer. I turned toward, toward it to get my laundry. I swear it was only a second that I looked away and stood up. I looked back to where she had been sitting, and she had vanished. Was she my guardian angel or a walk-in of some sort? I don't know, but I will never forget the experience.
1: Hmm. That's weird. It is weird. There's like very similar.
0: Yeah. Okay. Next one. My experience is very cliche. A high school teacher that didn't feel right. Not bad or creepy, just wrong, out of place. He did strange things like knowing what books to assign to you without being asked. That is still the strangest thing to me. First day of class, he handed out an individualized reading list for every student, and it was on spot for everybody. He knew what you were going to ask before you even raised your hand. When my friends caught on to this, we decided to test it. We all agreed to think of questions that had nothing to do with the subject. His response was to say that today was going to be different. We're going to have a QA and a session to ask about any topic we wanted to discuss. <laughs> We all sat there with our mouths open. I moved before the school year was over, and I'll never forget the last thing he said to me. He appeared kind of out of nowhere as we were signing me out and said, You're a very bright man. You were one of the very few that could figure out and understand the truth. Never second guess yourself, and you will always be right. My mother said, Well, that was cryptic. I just want to know what planet or galaxy he was from. (laughs) That is creepy, though. Okay. Next one. I was at a job interview about six years ago, and I'll never forget this guy. I tell people that if I have ever met an alien in a human suit, it was this guy. He was the HR guy for this company, a fairly young man, early 30s at most, sat down across from me. Every move of his was slow and calculated as if he were sizing me up. There was a predatory look in his eyes. He stared at me as if he wanted to devour me, but his eyes also looked strange. Now that I think about it, his pupils had a lot of color in them, like they had become pinpoints because he was staring into the sun. It was as if the room was just way too bright for him. Any smile he gave seemed unnatural and didn't extend to his eyes. His voice was methodical, like he was only a step above an android. Even the iPhone Siri sounds more natural than this guy's voice. I didn't feel threatened by him. I felt more like he wanted to tear me to pieces, but that I was safe because he knew he could not do that. I was so weirded out by this guy that I've thought about him often in the last six years. I keep thinking that maybe he was a psychopath, but psychopaths act far more naturally than this guy did. He just didn't seem human.
1: Hmm. That's weird.
0: It is weird. Next one. It was late after dark. I was waiting in a bus shelter for a bus to take me home after work. In the bus shelter with me, about four feet away to my left, was a small, dapper, elderly black man with a white beard and a dark suit. I looked away to my right to see if the bus was coming. I looked back, and no elderly black man. Now, every door on the street was closed. Every window was dark. There was no small, dark figure walking away down the street, and the nearest turning down, which he could have disappeared, was about seventy yards away. No car or taxi had drawn had drawn up to pick him up. The only rational explanation I could think of was that, without knowing it, I had dozed off for a moment, standing up, and in that moment he had hailed a taxi or been picked up by a friend in a car and had driven off. But I don't really believe that. Hmm. He's disappeared. Okay, it wasn't me but my mom that felt this way. About twenty years ago my sister <laughs> about twenty years ago my sister's best friend was dating her first proper boyfriend. Because she was someone my sister basically grew up with and they had lived over an hour away from each other at this point in their lives, I would often invite her and her boyfriend to stay at my place for the weekend. I lived in the street next from my parents' house where my sister lived, and I had more room in my house for them to visit. The first time my mom met the boyfriend, she told me privately that he creeped her out, that he had shark eyes like he was dead inside and without a soul. Now, my mom isn't a Christian fundamentalist, but she's a bit pagan. She's a bit of a pagan, but again, not extreme. We were never brought up with extreme religious based ideas about devils and demons and souls. But the way my mom said this, it's something I've never forgot. She was not comfortable with him in her house. Long story short, he turned out to be very abusive and what most people would typically describe as a narcissist. My sister's friend got out as soon as she could. But yeah, mom was definitely right about him being less than human. Hmm. Next one. I was hardcore into martial arts back then. Oh. In his mid-teens. But nothing around my place was satisfying. I had already trained MMA, kickboxing, Thai boxing, karate, judo, etc. At that time, I used to laugh at the stories of supernatural and spectral aspects. No. <laughs> spiritual aspects of the old styles. Until one day, I met this elderly Chinese man. He entered the ring with a relaxed smile and bowed. Mr.
1: Miyagi. So,
0: oh my gosh, listen. It is. <laughs> So I I thought, okay, let's see what the old timer can do. I was never one to underestimate people, so I went for a simple jab. Up to this day, the next moment is burned into my memory. The old dude did an inside block, something found mostly in the traditional styles I back then thought outdated, but the speed and force of that block were unlike anything else. I found myself thrown into the ropes. That old geezer's single block had actually sent me off my feet like a heavyweight pro's hook. I've never felt anything like it before or since those three matches with that man. The dinner afterwards, the guy talked about several historic events in ancient China like he had seen them firsthand. Near the end of our conversation, he looked at me, but his face for a moment appeared to be gray. He took a deep breath and looked normal again, and then left sometime later. I never found the guy again, but I am near certain he was an immortal. It still creeps me out to think about it. That's creepy. I know. an
1: immortal, God. Mr. Miyagi.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay, this is my last one. While working in a correctional facility, I encountered an individual who was very disrespectful, inappropriate sexual behavior, behavior with a crazy laugh. Fast forward to the ER, and he's on a stretcher in the process of dying. I felt like I should say something to him, so I said, God forgives us for all, and you will be okay. Usually, in an instance like this, I would see peace or acceptance in the eyes of the dying person. This guy continued to have the crazy eyes, laugh, and seemed to be totally unaware that he was drawing his last breath. It left me with cold chills, and I think I may have been looking into his eyes into the eyes of a truly evil entity. I hope I was wrong, but it was very unnerving.
1: Creepy. Yeah. Those are mine. All right. Time for the witty wrap-up. Funny tweets. Okay. My photo app loves to be like, take a look back in time and then show me a picture from the worst day of my life. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my
0: gosh. That's so true. (laughs)
1: My entire personality comes from the fact that at a very young age, a person of authority told me that the more books I read, the more p- free pizza I get. Oh, the Pizza Hut thing. Mm hmm. <laughs> Girls don't actually shop. We just walk around touching clothes saying, This is cute. <laughs> so true. Oh, my it is God. so true. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that is shopping. <laughs> Every time I eat a meal, I'm like, that's it. I am never going to be hungry again. <laughs> and lo and behold, a few short hours later, the unthinkable. Well, yeah, what is that? I don't know. What the fuck? <laughs> Saw someone say they're boycotting any business that requires proof of vaccination to enter. And it's like, babe, it's not a boycott if you're not allowed inside. <laughs> you were invited. <laughs> It's like someone's having a party and they, they don't invite you. Well, I'm not going to your Fine, party. Fine, I'm leaving. <laughs> Six year old. Can I eat a cookie? Me. Finish your dinner first. Six year old. My stomach is full except for a circle shaped space.
0: <gasps> oh my God, that's brilliant. <laughs> oh, I love that.
1: There's only room for that cookie, though. <laughs> Pretty smart. <laughs> my kids love playing pretend. My nine-year-old pretends to be a dinosaur, and my thirteen-year-old pretends she doesn't know us. Yeah, mm, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> Before I had kids, I knew exactly how I would raise them. This morning, I bribed them. I I bribed them to get out of bed with peanut butter and marshmallow sandwiches. <laughs> childless Childless me didn't have a clue. <laughs> Mom, if you're still alive when I turn seven, can you braid my hair for my birthday? My six and a half year old daughter. Hold on. I'm sorry. I missed that one. Say that again. Mom, if you're still alive when I turn seven, can you braid my hair for my birthday? Oh, my God. What? (laughs) Why wouldn't she be alive? I don't know. Oh, my gosh. I don't like that. Somewhere (laughs) between. (laughs) Oh, I took it as she just thought she was really old. I I know, but that is creepy, though. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Somewhere between asking me for a banana and me giving him the banana, my four year old decided he didn't like bananas anymore. Oh my fucking God. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. Kids mm-hmm. are crazy. Moment of silence for two of my three kids that have to wear masks to start school. My third, who hates his braces, couldn't be happier. <laughs> The microwave from my son's dorm room was just delivered, so I'm making sure it works by microwaving a fish in it on high (laughs) for 20 minutes. (laughs) That's just me. You got to check it.
0: (laughs) Make sure it cooks that fish. (laughs) I
1: might use that. (laughs) I'm not saying my kids come to me to me for everything, but if I was on fire and my husband was 10 feet away, they'd still ask me for a snack. <laughs> yeah, it's every mom. Uh-huh. As a new mom, my son is 22 months and three weeks and two days and seven years old. Now, how old is he? Um, Stops kid as he walks by. Hey, how old are you now? Him. I'm turning seven, mom. Me. Okay, yeah, you heard him. He's seven. <laughs> after a while it's hard to keep up <laughs> that remind me um i've had to take peyton to and from work this week because his brakes aren't working on his car uh-huh. and we were stopped at a stop sign and i was you know my purse was on the floor yeah on the passenger side and i'm in my purse digging around and the cars had started going And someone honked behind me, and Peyton's like, "Yeah, mom." (laughs) Shut up! I had to find something in my purse. (laughs) Kids be like, "I see you having a bad day. Let me not help at all by having a tantrum right now."
0: Well, maybe that is their way of helping. Like they make make you not think about the other things. So just throw a tantrum. Mm
1: -hmm. Maybe that's what they. Maybe I doubt it. (laughs) They just don't give a shit. No. Four year olds have an uncanny ability to use made-up words in just the right way, as in this Pop Tart is kinda of bit good, but kinda of bit yucky too. <laughs> That's cute. <laughs> yeah. My children's excitement about going to a destination and subsequent assessment of said destination is based almost entirely on what snacks are available to them while they're there. <laughs> It's very, everybody. it's very important. It's very important. My child just pulled a butterscotch... Stu- <clears throat> my child just pulled a butterscotch sucking candy out of my purse. I have no clue where it came from. <laughs> Dear God, have I reached the age where they just start appearing? <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> My favorite hobby is asking my sons to lower their voices, seeing them nod in agreement, then hearing them continue to speak at the same volume. (laughs) Yes. Yep, absolutely. My six-year-old recently learned about nutrition, and now whenever he wants a snack, he comes up behind me and whispers in my ear, I need food to survive. (laughs) Oh my gosh, very dramatic. Mm -hmm. What doesn't kill you wakes you up at 5 a.m. asking for (laughs) cereal and Peppa Pig. Oh my gosh. And this is my last one. Welcome to parenthood. Everything is. I'm so tired. What was I saying? Oh my God, isn't (laughs) that true? (laughs)
0: That's all I got. All right. Well, thank you guys so much for listening. Send in your stories. We need them. Goalsnightoutpodcast at gmail.com. You can look us up on Facebook. Uh, Send in suggestions. Rate, review, subscribe, wherever you listen, and we'll talk to you next week.
1: All right. Bye. 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 <laughs> I totally fucked that up. That was up. weird. <laughs> I was reading a text.
0: Well, we've only been doing this for, what, three years?
1: <laughs> okay, bye. See you all
0: later. <laughs>